Have you ever had someone refer to something going on in the community who asked you, what's going on there? What's the story with all that? The right answer lies with the people directly involved in it, the people who know. Why not hear their story? So welcome to What's the Story, Pekin? I'm Gary Gillis, your host, and I hope you enjoy this Pekin podcast. Well, today's program is really one that has been decades in the making. Uh, for years, there's been talk about Pekin having a permanent band shelf, for lack of any other descriptive term. Uh, and now it's in the process of happening. So when you talk about what's the story Pekin, there's now a great story that's unfolding. And that is the inevitable development of the Pekin Park performance venue, for lack of any other kind of title. My guest today is someone who would, in my opinion, be really one of the only people to take the point on this or lead, and that's Rich Kriegsman, a familiar name in the community and one that's been involved in the uh, music story of the community for a lifetime. So, Rich, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Gary. Um, Tell us then a little bit of the story. I mean, I'm, I have the privilege of being on the Park Foundation Board, and this was brought to our attention uh, in, in the conceptual phase. You guys have done a lot of work. Uh, you do have a final architectural rendering and, and other details that come with that, and also have started the fundraising process. So give us a little background, if you could. Well, you mentioned decades in the making, and uh, my father had even ideas about trying to incorporate some structural uh, facility within the pavilion, some kind of opening up devices that would focus to the east of the building and and allow the performance of the Pekin Municipal Band back in the day and now the Pekin Park District Band mm -hmm. performing there. And obviously it would have ruined the integrity of the pavilion itself. And, and so that kind of went away. That was probably 30 years ago. Um, uh, then in the last 10 years, the showmobile has died kind of a natural sure. death. Oh, so, yeah. so that kind of went away. And, uh, and then you complicate things with COVID coming along. So we had uh, the, the, uh, the, sh the perimeter of the pavilion to use either on the porch itself or the grounds in front of it and to the east side. So we used the porch for a while and then COVID came along. So we had to have spacing so we couldn't be as close proximity as we would have been on that area. So we went to the ground and we've been playing on the lawn for the last five or six years, four or five years. Um, and that's not exactly a good situation. Sure. Um, so um, several years ago, uh, a couple of people talked about the notion of coming up with something more permanent. And uh, that topic was brought to the Park District Board uh, right at the transition time between Bob Blackwell and Cameron Benton. Mm -hmm. And so there was not a lot of good, not a good time for that. Mm -hmm. uh, Cameron was just getting into the situation. And so the timing was poor for that. Um, and then about a little over a year ago, a couple other people got together and said, hey, maybe we need to resurrect this. So um, uh, we've been meeting now a committee of about 15, 16 people to discuss this and uh, focus on what we can do, how we can get it done. And and fundraising certainly is the key. And uh, we approached the Park District kind of similarly to the way it was done in Morton. Um, gentleman by the name of Phil Cool went to the Park District there years ago uh, with an idea. And, and my version of the story is that he approached them and said, hey, um, give me this plot of land and stay away from me and I'll get this built for sure. you in a period of time. I'll have to do the fundraising. We'll have maybe some in-kind donations, but 
I'll get it done. And then at the end of the day, it is yours, which they've done. I've played on their stage, and I think it's Edgewood Park. I'm not positive. Mm-hmm. On right. the south side of right town. near the pool. Yeah. yeah, and it's a really nice facility. And so I've had kind of bandshell envy with them for a long time. And I play in a number of groups around the central part of the state. So I've, I've been exposed to other locations as well to see what they have. So um, with that envy, we kind of resurrected this thing. And, and we've got a nice committee of people who are volunteers and just interested in what we can do for the community. So that's where we are today. We uh, have made our first initial ask of one employer in town who would be a likely maybe naming rights kind of company but um, that uh, the result of that meeting is yet to be uh, heard so we're certainly hopeful that they would be uh, a strong contributor to this project so beyond that that's kind of where we are share with us the the location that's been chosen Um, the committee looked at three different sites um, within the park district and um, and even beyond that, we looked down by the river uh, briefly to see if there'd be a place down there that there's some empty land down there that maybe lend itself to it. But the river seemed to be a high traffic area for barges and trains and cars, so and the noise would be a distraction. So that was kind of ruled out. And then we looked within the park itself, um, looked at the newer grounds over toward the Monocles area, the mm-hmm. uh, the Broadway Road area where the depot is, mm-hmm. um, that flatland area there, and. And that looked good, except there's no trees there. So a lot of the concerts that we do uh, are always in the evening on a Sunday in the summertime, and it's pretty hot. So trees lend themselves to the the comfort of the audience So, uh, and the natural setting. So we settled on the location where right now there's permanent restrooms there that are slated to be raised sometime in the near future. Mm -hmm. Um, And that seemed like a logical place because it's in proximity to what some people refer to as the dugout parking lot to the south. There's also parking to the north of Put the Magic Dragon. So within those two locations, you could probably find parking for 500 cars. Mm -hmm. So it seemed like a logical thing. That uh, restroom facility right now is probably about 50 yards from the dugout parking lot. So it's pretty accessible that way. There's an elevation of maybe five to six feet higher than that parking lot. And that could be pretty easily handled by Mm -hmm. bulldozing and stuff. So that's kind of where we settled. Um, The... Um, the idea being that it would, uh, the band shell, as you referred to it, the performing arts venue, would be facing to the east, so it would be facing kind of up the hill, which would provide somewhat of a natural amphitheater. There's a lot of nice trees there. Um, it just seemed like a natural setting for that. And if you're in the audience and you're looking at the band shell or the PAV, um, to the right of you is the pavilion, which is a beautiful building, and to the left of that is the uh, the Park Lagoon, and in the distance you have a, a newly lit hospital. So sure. uh, a lot of neat things that can be uh, taken in there. Well, I know when you shared with the Park Foundation and the Park Board uh, the um, architectural rendering, if you will, and, and you, you do create an animated version of it, so it's kind of a virtual setting, and you'd even gone to the... Uh, the, the task of actually showing over time as the, the clock moves towards dark how the shade shifts so you're mindful of the fact that well, maybe a certain point in time during the performance where the sun will be in people's eyes but the way the trees are now that's really not a problem so it was it was, it was thoughtful uh, approach to that possibility and and you know we shared with you the the excitement we had of knowing that you know, the, the venue is what has historically been, and I would 
venture that the popularity of it is it's just one of the most scenic settings within the community and here now you, you've retained that it's still there it'll be there permanently and also the fact that now um, there'll be a situation where if summer programs youth programs other types of things uh, you know it's not a Sunday evening so you'd have a stage that would be set there I know, I know you use the Pontiac one as kind of like your example or sample and when you look at it online it really looks identical you could share a little bit about that how people would find that or some other resource you have where people could look and see uh, a version of what this would look like well eventually we'll have a link that people mm -hmm. will be able to access uh, that will give the the virtual reality that you described um, it uh, the Pontiac location is pretty identical to it it's a 45 foot wide opening at the front 40 feet in the back and some storage in the back of that um, so that would be a pretty good example of what we're lo mm -hmm. looking at doing and then the there's a roof that slants up so it's acoustically uh, beneficial but it also visually um, you know I've I, I remember mentioning at that meeting I've I've seen the one in Morton and it's an impressive facility but I was always trying to picture it in our park where it would be without being obtrusive and the way you've planned this it really won't be I mean you, you, you basically you go down pavilion drive you'll you'll see it on your right but from the rear it won't really be anything different than for years seeing these old restrooms but this case will be of course much more attractive uh, but it doesn't really interfere with really anything else both athletic activities or in people just going to enjoy the the peace and tranquility of hanging out at the pavilion or at the pergola so it's uh, uh, I, I think visually people have to realize it's not only aesthetically pleasing but it's also nothing that inhibits any kind of view people to like otherwise and our goal is to blend not mm -hmm. to be obtrusive at all yeah absolutely now talk about the the fundraising efforts that's going into this it's really just taking on its heading now mm -hmm. um, we made our first official ask of uh, local employers I mentioned earlier uh, pending the outcome of that and regardless of the outcome of that um, we're going to have a meeting uh, second week in, in March to uh, formulate our plan of attack we've kind of categorized levels of giving and uh, we hope to um, pursue those as we have some kind of brochures to hand out and or the access to a link that will mm -hmm. give people kind of a flyby to see what uh, what we're talking about sure and it'll go through the Pekin Park Foundation as a you know charitable organization the 501c3 it's actually a 50 oh there's a different it's, it's a little bit of a sidebar of in parentheses somewhere yeah, along yeah, the way yeah, somewhere along there but again a, a non-for-profit uh, you know tax-deductible type donation um, and um, it, it seems to be something where um, people would be able to reach out. Is there any individuals to contact at this point in time if they have an interest, or who would that sure. be? I think uh, I'm talking to one of them right now. Well, I'm yeah. one of them, and I'll give you three names. Uh, the first name would mine is fine, uh, Rich Kriegsman, but uh, my telephone number or cell phone number is 309-696-1866, and you're more than wel welcome to call me or text me. Mm -hmm. uh, the other person would be Amy McCoy. Her uh, cell number is 309 three six nine zero three six four and the third person would be bill fleming um area code three oh nine two two four nine four four nine and all three have been seriously involved in this whole situation so but back to your comment about the 501c3 nearly that designation yeah. um in our ask of people we've kind of made it clear that we expect these funds 
to be donated in a silo situation where they are earmarked solely for this project. Mm-hmm. If this project doesn't see the light of day, they will be refunded to the people who made those donations, and Chip Hill will be the the, the keeper of right. the information like on the that. the business manager at the Park yeah. District. Yeah. Right. So uh, we want to be site-specific on this and, and uh, project-specific so everybody has the, the knowledge that this is specifically for this project. That's right. the goal. Yeah, and that was what we stipulated in the foundation. They have a standalone account. You don't want to have any commingling of funds or questions of what goes where. It's just it's in that account. And if there is a refund situation, which I don't anticipate, uh, then, of course, people have the comfort and confidence of knowing it will go where it's intended to go. It, you, you mentioned Bob Blackwell, and, and I, I think when you met with us at the foundation, I I shared, I reminisced in the story, it's just occupational hazard being on the park for 30 years, park board, of the, a time when, we talked about having something like this, but it was like what they have in Metamora, you know, a, a kind of a, a uh, performance gazebo, if you will. I played there. Yeah, and to where you, you were, therefore, you'd have storage underneath, the, the performers would be up high, and, and we were pretty excited about the idea. And I remember we had a board retreat out at Lick Creek, and what Tom Elliott, superintendent of, of parks, had done was actually spray painted the circumference on the ground so we all went outside to look at it and it was like tom i mean you sure you have it right because it was huge and then we realized that the height that would then be caused by that would be to the point where you drive by beautiful mineral springs park on court street to take in the pavilion it would be blocked out by this this you know band performance stage and it was kind of like no, you can't. No, you can't. You just can't do that. So that was, gosh, 25 years ago, maybe. And so it's still, you know, to find the right setting and the right type of facility, I think you've hit on that. Well, Metamora has their gazebo, mm-hmm. and then they also have a shell on mm-hmm. the west side okay. of that uh, city square, and, and they don't use that at all. Right. And the other thing that uh, we learned from that, or I've learned from that, is they put in permanent seating, little bench seats, mm-hmm. aluminum that are very cold and uncomfortable. So yeah. people, when they go to these concerts, and I play there a couple times a summer, they do not use those. They bring mm. their own chairs. So that's another thing that we're talking about is not having permanent sure. seating because of uh, the uncomfortable sure. side of that. Yeah. So uh, we would have a slab in front mm-hmm. uh, for people to set up and or dance if need be. Sure. Um, so it's we've tried to think of a lot of things. We've talked to uh, one of my neighbors is a gentleman by the name of Jerry Milam. And for those of you who've been around here for a while, uh, Jerry has touched a lot of lives in the music world. And um, he uh, is a great resource and the nicest man. And uh, we've talked to him about the design of this building and mm-hmm. how it should be shaped and what the, the configuration be, should be for the roof and the backstop, whether it's a, a convex, concave, or flat back. Uh, so he's He's been willing to participate and give us some really in-depth information that's just shockingly good. And, good. But I'm not sure we can incorporate it into what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great to have that oh, yeah. that, that resource yes. as well. So I, I think it's a, it's a great project. Um, you know, it, it's a grassroots effort. It is a you know, non-taxpayer supported, so there's no concern in that regard and is wholeheartedly endorsed and supported by the Pekin Park uh, Board of Commissioners. So uh, I think I, I think it's going to come to fruition. I, I just I have great confidence in you, Rich, and all the people involved with it. I know there's a passionate uh, following for this, and certainly a community need. And 
you know, from my standpoint, you've you've found the right size for it, right for the park, right for the community. So, you know, congratulations on pursuing it, and the best of luck to all of you in in that effort. Very good. So yeah. now we know what's the story with the new. I don't remember, who knows what will title it someday but i know we'll we'll come to see it so rich thanks for being here we appreciate it and thank you to listener for joining us thank you as always to the uh, pekin public library for being our host here in the uh, passport room and of course thank you to my uh, sound guy mike eaton there is no better uh, we welcome your input thoughts comments uh, please email them to us at uh, pekin at gmail.com and have a great rest of your day